Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we're here for what may be the last episode of Prodigal Son ever. Yeah. That's uh, It's going to be a tough one to let go of. Um, the one thing is you don't have to expect us to do uh, uh, extra bonus episodes about what the show means. Because, honestly, it's pretty much on the surface what the show means. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a good <laughs> show. And it's very clear about what it's trying to do and what it does with its characters. So it doesn't need that kind of in-depth analysis. It does need some. Who oh boy, uh, was this a season ender. <laughs> but it does not warrant the kind of real in-depth look that you expect out of uh, one of our Criminal Minds season enders. Uh, yeah. So let's get right to it uh, with the uh, with episode twelve. Picks up exactly where the last episode left off. Our insane doctor, who somehow uh, I'm not saying I'm terrible at everything. It never occurred to me to mention was played by Catherine Zeta Jones this entire time we've been talking about the character. <laughs> Like, we've just been enjoying the character so much, and she's done such a good job, it never occurred to us, oh, you know that that's a super famous actress playing her, right? Yes, married to Martin Michael, Sheen. Michael Douglas. Michael Sheen. Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas, yes. yes. No, no. The Sheens are the other ones. The Sheens are the other family. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Ma uh, married to Michael Douglas. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, something that definitely should have come up. You would before think, now. Eh? Uh, but yes, it is exactly as we thought. She, uh, I, I thought she clonked him over the head, but she actually drugged him and threw him in a trunk the minute he walked out. Yeah. And now, of course, Malcolm is desperate to track the surgeon down. And uh, it's, I gotta say, it, it's not a great episode. Uh, 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 is, that, is it okay for me to just ju jump out there with, I don't think this was a very good episode? No, I, 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 it, well, it was missing Adresa. Yeah. Oh, she's so much missing. fun. Well, you know, I mean, it's this weird thing. I think that episode, I don't know why they called it sun and fun, but. Well, cause that's what, you know, cause they're going to the beach. Although they're going to the beach in January. So the. Sun and fun was meant, presumably, ironically, by that cop. Yeah, you know. I'm guessing. But yeah, but, it, it's a weird title. You're absolutely right. No, I, you know, trying to sort out that first episode versus the second episode. Well, the first episode is mostly about, of course, Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah. And, you know, and... uh and her, you know, we find out what's going on with her. We've always wanted to know what's going on with her. And we finally got the story, which is, uh, yeah, she's a surgeon. She was a surgeon who did risk, like who purposefully did unbelievably risky surgeries, like essentially made her patients worse so that she could do an incredibly risky procedure and get a claim when she saved them. That is her M.O. And we even find out that that's what she did in their first meeting. She specifically yeah. gave the guy a, a brain embolism just so she could do that drill. 
No, no. She didn't give him the brain well, aneurysm, no, she but knew she he knew had he had it. Well, she knew he had it, and she gave him drugs that would make it worse instead yes. of better to cause an emergency. Yeah. Yes. You're right. Yeah. I did not phrase that correctly. No. Uh, and but, this is for, you know, this is 100% consistent with everything we've seen about her so far. So I think that's a a really nice touch. Like, it's it's a good explanation of her psychology. Well, right. and yes, and that she is like, <laughs> you know, she has been killing people. Yeah. And this, as, as the show points out, has not always gone well. And as no. a result, a bunch of people have died because of it. And of course, being a psychopath, that doesn't bother her at all. No, not it doesn't even bother her. She's a Martin. Yeah, exactly. She, they really are far more similar than even Martin realized. Yes. Uh, but, oh my god. Uh, so, what what frustrates me is, last episode, they actually did a pretty good job of working with the U.S. Marshals, and making the U.S. Marshals part of the story, and of course, Malcolm and Gil ran off and did their own thing, but he kept the Marshals in the loop, and it all got settled well, right? And they figured it out, and they caught all of the people. And suddenly in this episode, she's... Like, when Malcolm says 100% he's been kidnapped by this doctor, suddenly the, suddenly the marshal is like, you know, after what's happened so far, we can't trust you anymore. anymore. I'm like, everybody got caught? Like, I don't understand why you can't trust him anymore. Maybe he should have kept you in on the loop, but he was right, and all of the people got caught and nobody got hurt. So I don't understand the, how she suddenly has a problem with him, his theories, or his methods. There's no setup for it. It comes out of nowhere just as an excuse to get him and Danny running off on their own. And it was very frustrating to me how they turned the character and their relationship like 180 degrees in one episode. Well, yeah, they turned it into a regular yeah. show's relationship between... The yeah. marshals and the, the marshals you know, and the local cops. I mean, that it was something we would have expected from Criminal Minds. Yeah, where and, there's this rivalry between we, other, uh, yeah, uh, agencies. and we actually and we actually gave them a kudos last for time. not doing that last time, and then all of a sudden, yeah, what do we get? Right? Yeah, they turn around <laughs> and they, that's my point. They turn around and they do the exact thing we praise them for not doing last week. Yeah. You know, it's like. Oh, and why are you doing this to me yeah and then there's this insane scene where they go to see one of her um uh one of her former patients who uh -huh. she has convinced is a miracle uh who she has managed to convince that she is a miracle worker which is kind of a nice scene um and it's i blank on his name you know from uh from northern exposure the bar owner from northern exposure i'm blank on his name but that's that's who it is playing and the uh Oh, okay. The, well, the it's that guy. I didn't even recognize, recognize it. Yeah. Well, the yeah that that was him from you know thirty years ago, yeah. and uh, playing the he looked the, a lot the, different then. Well, of course, thirty years ago. <laughs> you know, just saying. Okay. Know, okay. In my defense. Yeah. Uh, but and anyway. he was crippled. Yeah, and he was crippled, but he still thinks she's a genius. And yeah. they do a they do you know they do some smart police work, which is she sends him a gift every year. Uh, because, again, she likes reminiscing over this guy she tortured and then saved. And yeah. he just thinks it's nice. And so they track to her storage facility. And then you get this scene where they open up the four... Uh, 
they open up the storage facility, and there is just, like, literally thousands of bottles of drugs in refrigerated cases. Yep. And Danny's like, this isn't enough to get a warrant or find her suspicious. And I'm I'm going, okay, who wrote that line? I know, on what planet is this not enough? (laughs) Not enough. Do you see? Yes, there's no conceivable reason for a doctor to have hoarded this volume of drugs. I guarantee it's illegal. Like, I guarantee this is illegal. Yeah, where did she get them? She had to have stolen them. Or she's making separate orders. I mean, give me a break. All of this stuff. They could have arrested her right then and there. Because there's no legal way to explain how she's got all of this stuff. Unless she's set up a business as a drug wholesaler. It's the only conceivable way she could have done that. And that sure as hell doesn't come up. And Danny shouldn't dismiss that the idea of arresting her based on that immediately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, and then things get so much dumber because <laughs> Catherine shows up and everyone's like, a- and has a conversation with Malcolm. And again, you can arrest her right then and there because there was a giant breakout that she is suspected of being, that she was partially responsible for. Because whether you know about her abducting Martin, she unshackled him and he broke out. That's a crime. They can arrest her right then and there. And not only that, since she did that, since she let him go, which everyone knows she did, she has disappeared and not been answering her phone. Like, they can arrest her right then and there and spend hours interviewing her. But instead, they do this whole thing where Malcolm accuses her of kidnapping a father and she's coy about it and she asks him to take a drug, she does the thing from The Vanishing where, take this drug and I'll bring you to your father, right? And I'm like, what am I watching? How are the characters suddenly this stupid when the show has been, like, was so good last episode and overall has done a pretty fair job this season? Yeah, well, we'll get to that when we when okay. we compare season two to season one. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, and But, yeah, <sighs> I mean, it it was... Just okay, so Malcolm is the problem with Malcolm is Malcolm doesn't know who he is except in relation to his father. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He has no identity except as his father's son. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, you know, so um, he goes chasing after her, fine. Yeah, but they would have found Martin oh, so quickly. So quickly, if they had just taken her at that point. Yeah, take her at that point, interrogate her. Well, yeah, she's not going to say. Yeah. Look at, no, she's not going to give him up, but look at the place she has access to. Oh, the the crippled guy has a giant estate an hour outside of town that she has free access to. Maybe that's a place we could check. Oh, she was pulled over by a cop and that's on a record on the way out of town. And there's a record of that. That's something we could check. Like, there's so many ways to find out where it is if they had just arrested her right then and there, which they had probable cause to do, even if you say, even if you discount, maybe she did set up a business wholesaling drugs. Even if she'd done that, they can still arrest her for helping Martin escape. Well, here's, but here's the, here's the problem. They, they stick Malcolm outside with her by himself. I know. And then he becomes, and Danny doesn't know where he is. Yeah. 
you and know? so he gets to make this mistake. And it's like, it's so contrived that, like, she shows up just as Danny is looking the other way so that Mar- uh, Malcolm can go and, and like, run after her. her on his own without telling Danny. And there's no reason for him to not notify or yell to Danny. Like, the only smart thing anyone does in any of these episodes is he calls Ainsley and her answering machine records his interaction with with the, uh, with the doctor with cap yeah as yeah. you say the only smart thing anyone does in this episode in both <laughs> <You> episodes <know? laughs> well no i i, I think okay I, you're right there's there's some okay stuff in the next episode you're absolutely right. yeah yeah there's some okay stuff I, I think is better than this you're totally right you know and and jessica comes off <laughs> jessica's oh, the yeah. star of the season episode this for both episodes you're right i haven't mentioned at all the great moment in the episode and i think it is the best moment in this episode where uh, martin calls jessica and begs to be rescued yeah and then Catherine's like if you just hang up the phone you'll never have to worry about him again yeah Uh, uh, that's a great moment that really is i i really like how she plays that it's a great thing for the character it's a great moment for the show and she plays the hell out of it. I, they both do. I love that scene. Oh, there, that the interactions between the two women are the best in. Oh yeah, the, in all of know. this whole series of episodes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. What we're watching today, but the, I mean that yes, and then then she goes to Malcolm, and then she gives him a pulmonary embolism. I know. And then, you know, and somehow or another, she's not smart enough. To figure out Malcolm, you know, Martin has has already stolen a knife and he's about to cut himself free. And then Danny gets there at that exact moment and doesn't bring back up. <laughs> like, why are you not bringing back up? You brought Ainsley. What it? What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> How are you suddenly doing this? Uh, so then uh, she, um, what do you call it? Uh, she plays the victim. She stabs herself. And again, yeah. a solid scene, right? Really uh, yep. happy with that scene. She stabs herself. She decides she's going to play victim. And unfortunately, and this is what we'll talk about later. We'll talk about that later. But so we get the situation that I found slightly frustrating again, <laughs> where they're like, oh, you, uh, Ma- <laughs> Malcolm's like, you got to run. They're going to kill you if you stay. And I'm like, are they though? Like I, I don't know that they would have killed him if he had stayed. Like, I mean, he doesn't. Yet, yeah, albeit they don't know it's Danny and Ainsley downstairs, right? No. So I understand why he's afraid. But if right then at that moment Martin had laid down face flat on the ground and laced his fingers behind his head and just lay there on the ground, do you honestly think there's a cop who would have walked in and shot him in the back? Like, I, I don't say a lot of great things about cops on this show, but it, even I, I'm not going to say that these cops are just going to walk in and execute the surgeon. Yeah. Well, this is, well, well, we can, we, you see, we were expected to be able to, like, that, but, I mean, Martin wouldn't have done that anyway, because. Yeah, he would, does want to escape. Okay, and yeah. he wants to escape. Okay, so Martin would have done that even if Malcolm had told him to do that. Yes. Okay. Um. So it was a stupid thing right. for for Malcolm to say. Yeah, I mean, Malcolm that, should have told about. him to run. Martin should have knocked out Malcolm and taken him anyway. But Mark, Malcolm shouldn't have told him to run. No, but remember, wait a sec, wait a Please. sec. Yes, no, no, I agree with you. 
I agree with you that, that he shouldn't, that, that except that what we're expected to believe, remember that Malcolm has been massively drugged. Malcolm yes. can barely walk. Malcolm's brain is semi-fried. She gave him a pulmonary, pulmonary embolism. Yep. You know, so he is very, very weak. His brain is addled. And so, and even, I would even say into the second episode, his brain is still not functioning well because of the drugs that she has, that she has pumped into him. And so what's coming out of him is sort of. On a subconscious level, he wants his dad to escape. Yeah. This is, he wants, he wants his dad to live that's his fear because if his dad dies then he dies because he doesn't know as he honestly says he said more than once he doesn't know who he is if he's not his father's father's son son. with and without his father's being there even you know so so that's what's probably coming through so i will sort of give give a bit of a pass on that one only only because he's been so drugged up and I mean, how he got himself in that situation is stupid enough. Unbelievably stupid. Okay. I, that's stupid. Take the pills and I know. You know yeah, again, yeah. you you have her saying, take this drug and I'll bring you to your dad. Yeah. That's all the evidence you need. Just arrest this woman. Yeah. She's out loose, she's in her car. Yeah. You know? But Malcolm, Malcolm is already like, and I, I will say this for Malcolm, for Tom, Tom Payne's, you know, he is performance. He is managing to up the craziness of Malcolm already. Oh yeah. Okay. And you can see how this is affecting everybody around him. Like he is basically frantic and he's doing a good job. So I can <clears throat> give him these kinds of passes. Nobody wants to pay any attention to him. Yeah. For for a number of reasons. Now, mind you, Danny should have paid it. Once they found this hoard of drugs and everything else in that, in the yeah. storage unit, she should have called Gil. Immediately. And, right, immediately. Yeah. Right. And just said, yeah, look, you know, you got to check this out. Why she doesn't, I don't know. That's a bad piece of writing. But yeah. it would have taken the show sort of it then they could have taken Malcolm seriously. Yes. But no, they had this this idea for the ender, and it was how were they going to get that there? Yeah, and they need for the last episode for people to think Malcolm is helping his dad, and they didn't find an elegant way to get us there. And they just didn't. No, they, they, you know, this, the, the whole thing was. Well, especially the idea that, like, so, um, the, the idea that anyone could believe that Malcolm was in on it when the timeline is, like, Martin mysteriously disappears. She goes, she hangs out at the, uh, hospital to talk about the disappearance for hours and hours. She gets in a car. She drives upstate. She drives back. And this is the part that's crazy. So then, like, uh, (laughs) And this is the, uh, she meets him at the storage facility and then the two of them drive straight upstate. How, and where Martin is. Like, how on earth can she create a narrative where Malcolm was the one helping Martin? 
when Malcolm's, like, Malcolm's whereabouts for every second of the past two days are covered, and none of them involve bringing his father to a house upstate that only she had access to. Okay, now here's here's the interesting thing, right? Yeah. Is that what they're what they're going for? I'm not saying they necessarily they pull, it yeah. pull it off, but what they're going for is the idea that everybody doesn't. Everybody is so um uh their their whole attitudes and their whole idea of the surgeon is so set in place yeah that that they're willing to believe overlook her. any other piece of evidence that might suggest yeah, that she's they, like initially and but once they found that storage unit they should have known there was something hinky going on with something this woman. really terrible going on you know this. and then i would have said okay they should have gotten into this she helped him yeah i mean yeah. i don't i you know i mean and that's the first thing that malcolm goes to now i but the cops should have also gotten there particularly after they found the storage unit and i know we're rewriting the unit but the problem is then you have to find somewhere somehow you have to find another way for her to get malcolm if if that's how you want to set it up fine you can you can set something else up the way they did it yeah i'm i'm not buying it have her be on the run and have her lure him there with the fact that she's going to kill his dad if he doesn't show up or if yeah. he involves the cops. That's all she needed to do because you know Malcolm would have gone along with that. Yeah. She didn't, you know, she didn't need to do this, this, this whole... Like, this whole ridiculous showing up and, you know, playing cat and mouse and drugging him and blah, 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 blah. Just, like, have her call him. There you go. You know, hey, like, just hey, get him out good, there. good scene for Catherine Zeta-Jones. You know? Absolutely. Would have been fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, and then of course the episode ends, Catherine Zeta-Jones has been taken into custody where she's going to lie and say she had no involvement and Martin and Malcolm are speeding away on a boat. Oh, and Malcolm and, uh, Danny finally kissed. Yes. So we got that going for us. That was a very nice, that was very nice that we finally got a, uh, the kiss we've been waiting for, for like a whole season. I did enjoy that and I won't lie and pretend I didn't. That made me happy. Uh, it immediately goes wrong because, you know, he gets kidnapped by Captain Zeta-Jones and then doesn't tell her about it. And I'm sure this isn't going to be good for their relationship going forward. Well, but we did I, well, get the kiss. Well, we got we got the kiss. But the problem is, is that this is what addles, this partly addles his brain as well. That's true. You know, that's what they're the going he's for. No, he's I, not I focused. You know, so that's what they're going for. It's just that, you know, I mean. I can sort of see that, but but that's also to indicate the fact that he would go to sort of that length to kiss Danny um, is also a a problem. Oh yeah, you know, sh- telling you that his he's not thinking straight, he's not. Oh, clearly, you know. And then when he does it, and he goes, but it's the wrong thing to do in his head. You can just see him. Why did I do that? sort of yeah. thing oh absolutely and then then and it's because all of his emotional barriers are breaking down yeah like this yeah. whole thing about his father being out again has completely shaken his whole world and all of the defenses he put up are crumbling and that's why he finally kisses danny because you know for uh, in that moment he can't like remember that he's supposed to keep himself away from all human relationships 
Yeah, and it's um, it's I mean, as it's, I said, it's a not good character not, moment. Yeah, you know, I mean, th- there are good moments, but kind of the episode. The episode's as a very whole. dumb. No, no, but again, I think we can both agree that there are, and this is why I think overall we defend the show so much is even in a dumb episode, you can get good, really true character moments. And Jessica and Malcolm and even Martin, not to mention Catherine, who, you know, gets so many good scenes this week, uh, <laughs> they all get really good character moments this week. Yeah. Even if it's not a great episode. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, I mean, the the, ep- the the thing of Martin, like, yeah. I mean, he does so well with being um, his inability to cope with all the things he's done to all of these other people that he's killed. Yeah. And that's what she's doing to him. She's mm-hmm. bound him up. There's nothing he can do. She yeah. gives him these drugs. Oh, it's good. You know, um, the whole thing. I think thing. My, my favorite thing that we haven't talked about yet in the episode, though, is that we get that moment with Gil, right? Where he's uh, he literally just, like, begs Malcolm to drop out of this and, like, go home and sleep because he's been awake for 48 hours at this point and he's not functioning anymore. And you know that behind it, because again, Lou Diamond Phillips is a really good performer. You know that behind it is this thing where it's like so much of his own identity is wrapped up in his role as the surrogate father of Malcolm. And he can see Malcolm getting too close to Martin in this search. And he's like, he knows how disastrous it will be for Malcolm emotionally if he, like, if he, you know... Uh, if he folds himself too much into what his father is going through and what Gil's afraid of is exactly what happens. Yeah. So I was really, I mean, it's one scene. It's like half a scene. It's only a couple of minutes, but Oh God, really good moment from, from Malcolm and Gil. Just really, really love that. Yeah. As I said, it, 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 it's funny eh? because it just, it's not, it wasn't as good as the episode the week before. Nope. Um, and it's not as good as the episode afterwards. It's a transition episode. Mm-hmm. Um, there are little things they could have done better, but when you're talking about it, yeah, we got to, we did get to learn an awful lot about each of these characters yeah. in this episode. Absolutely. 100%. And it's not a good episode, but the character moments are still really top notch. So. Yeah. Thumbs up there. Now let's talk about the season ender, which is definitely a step up from the previous one. And we find out, uh, okay, so here's the problem. It's, it's kind of weird because he says when he escapes that it's like, I'm doing this for my family, blah, blah, blah. There's something I have to do. And I guess we're, we're expected to believe, and I, and I think we can buy this, that what he wanted to do all of this time, and the plan makes sense. He has been receiving letters. Just like in, you know, Manhunter, Red Dragon, he's been receiving letters from this serial killer. And he's like, what I'll do is I'll break out and I'll catch this serial killer and I'll turn him in and that will prove to my son that I'm changed. And I let get my son back into my life. And I mean, it's a crazy plan, but for who Martin is, because Martin is a guy who's obsessed with only making dramatic gestures. Like, he can't do the day-to-day work. He can only do the dramatic gestures. That's not a bad dramatic gesture. Oh, no. I I thought that that was really... 
You know, like it's, he does such a good job because you already know from watching him with Catherine Zeta Jones in the previous episode. I mean, yeah. I'll give you this. There's a lot of foreshadowing in the previous episode oh, that he hasn't really changed, that all nope. of that anger and everything else is just below the surface. Oh, God. Right? Yeah. And what he would do to her if he had gotten free. Right? Yep. You know it. Um, oh, totally. So he, he, we know that he hasn't really changed, but he deludes himself as well. You know, um, yeah. This, this, somehow or another you know he seems to think um but th the only thing i wanted to say is is how quickly did you know who the woodsman was the moment he appeared what? on screen <laughs> yeah the moment literally he on the screen. moment he appeared on screen i'm like oh well that's the woodsman yeah <laughs> you know you know you're sitting there looking at the cop right that they're all the, going to think and i'm going that's the, the red herring that's the red herring and then suddenly anna gunn's husband walks in i'm like well there's your killer yeah, there's your killer. <laughs> Immediately. Oh, uh, a guy who's the husband of the sheriff and has uh, easy access to the, like, has easy access to all of the evidence that kept getting, uh, kept disappearing. Yep, no, 100% he's the killer. And of course, his wife was in on it because his wife has to be in on it because it's gotta, and again, this is what the show does at its best. It has to parallel what's going on with Jess, uh, Jessica and Martin. Yeah. You know, and it's like, and how Jessica has been haunted by the idea of why didn't I see it? And then we got Anna Gunn with, she did see it. And for whatever reason, she went along with it. And I mean, she was trapped. I mean, whether she was trapped in an abusive relationship, whether she has psychopathic tendency herself, whether he, whether at, to use the criminal minds, always blaming the woman situation whether it's a situation like in you remember the criminal minds with the woman who serial killers kept being obsessed with where oh, she's yeah. a woman with you know borderline personality disorder who go out and finds horrible men to turn into serial killers for her own urges they the show doesn't address which of these possibilities it is but it go but it all factors back to what jessica experienced and it's a very literalization of her Jessica's fear that like she enabled him. Yeah. And, Oh, I mean, whatever you say about the episode, getting the, like so perfectly locking together the, or like the, the woodsman and the Jessica Martin relationship is, is fantastic and a great way to wrap up the season. Oh yeah. 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 And I think that speech of Ainsley's, Oh, isn't that great? At least we had our mother. Your children aren't even going to have their mother. <laughs> I know. I thought, uh, that that was a solid. Yeah, it was brutal, but solid. It was so good. Oh, that made me super happy. Um, we didn't get the big Ainsley stuff and reveals this year we were hoping for out of either of these episodes. And I'm sure we would have gotten all the Ainsley stuff had the show gotten to do its 20 episodes instead of just 13. Yeah. But at least Ainsley got a fantastic moment in the last episode. Yeah. I Well, I think, you know, I mean, this last episode, we'll get to the main story of course. in a minute. But I mean, the other thing was Catherine Zeta-Jones and, and Jessica, right? Yeah. I mean, that was just, and you saw her, you know, you saw her put the, the Valium in the martini, right? I know. <laughs> and, then, and then, I mean, it was. I'm an alcoholic, baby. 
You no, this is breakfast. This is breakfast. This is breakfast. This is going to bother me. It's <laughs> so beautiful. You know, and then Catherine Zeta-Jones with, I hate it when they won't just. Oh, I know. Stay down, right? Oh, that's so good. You know, and then at the end, Gil, well, I'm, we got here just in time. And Jessica's going, well, I had it under control. No, for her. To save her, yeah. <laughs> to save her. You just know? The, the wonderful reveal that Catherine Zeta-Jones' character is, is so arrogant and so yeah. sure that she's done it right. And you can say this is cheating a little, but I don't think it is because it's like she is so sh- certain that she's right that she can get rid of the other woman in Martin's life and make it look like a suicide is what she believes. And so yeah. it never occurs to her for a second that this is all a setup to trap her. And I bought that from her character. Oh, I did. I, I, I completely bought the whole thing. Like she's, she's going to get rid of Jessica. That was yeah. her plan. And then Martin, and then Martin her. would have no one but her. Yep. Right. Yeah, Malcolm so, will be in jail. Martin will be like a place where she, Malcolm will be in jail or killed by the cops. Martin will be, you know, off on his, uh, on his own and only, she'll be the only person in Martin's life. Like that would have been fan- Like you can totally see what her plan was. I was yeah. really, really happy with that. Like it yeah. made perfect sense. Thumbs up uh, on that front. Yeah. And the fact that she considers Ainsley a non-entity. Oh yeah. Completely. Right. So the it's, whole thing, I mean, no. And, and so Jessica clearly invited her for lunch for oh, this yeah. plan, right? You know, mm-hmm. for this setup and you just go. Yeah. And she did it even though what she really, I mean, what she really wanted to do was believe Catherine, uh, the doctor. Yeah. She really wanted to believe her that she would keep Martin out of her life forever. Yeah. But we know that's not what has ended up happening. So boom. Boom. Yes. We get, we get rid of our competition. I know. I was, I mean, it's, it's a, a very yeah. good scene. Like it really is a great scene. They have a wonderful fight. And as you pointed out, pointedly, uh, we get that gill line where she doesn't get rescued. She wins the fight before they ever, the cops ever show up. Yeah. And that's important for her character because she's taking care of herself and taking responsibility for herself. And that's huge for Jessica. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, there are worse people in the world than you, Jessica. I know. <laughs> oh, it's so nice. No, I mean, I was very happy with how that all wrapped, oh. uh, wrapped up. Yeah, completely satisfied with that part of it. Uh, so then we get the the big headline stuff. They go there. One. Okay, I know this is a weird thing for me to, you know, like, object to, but I'm going to object to it because I'm pedantic and, you know, kind of annoying. Um, he should have shaved his beard. Yes. If he's undercover, like he wants to not be caught. This is a man who has only been seen in the public with a beard for 30 years. Yeah. The one thing what is should... Well, one thing. What is the first thing Richard Kimball did, right? When he, <laughs> when he got out of that train crash and hid, he shaved off his beard because shaving off a great big beard completely changes what you look like. Oh, it I is a I, total facial transformation. Yeah, I got two ex-husbands who shaved <laughs> their beards and I didn't know who I was married to. You know? <laughs> it's like, holy jeez. No, it really does. It completely changes what your face looks like. I mean, yeah. I, I've never been a beard person. I doubt I would ever have a beard, right? But I've seen plenty of people with beards who then shave off the beard and you're like, oh my god, it's it's completely different. Yeah. 
right? And that's the thing. That is so, for whatever reason, I don't know why they thought. Maybe he had to have the beard for a movie he was going to go do the week after <laughs> Rat. It's like, narratively, it is so frustrating that he didn't shave the beard. Because he absolutely should have shaved the beard. Yeah, and I don't know why they, yes. And I don't know why they didn't decide Just to have make, him share. Yeah, make shave him shave. Yeah. yeah, shave the beard. And yeah, it's, it's I don't know, weird. because you can make fake beards, you know. Yeah, you can put them, if he had to shoot something next week, give him a fake beard, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you it's know. fine. And then, you know what the sad part is? Like, two weeks from now, we're going to find out it was always a fake a beard, and we just had, they should have just had him, you know, take it off. Okay, that's probably not true, but that would be very funny. That would be very, that would be very funny. Yeah, but then I, it was just like a stupid mistake that he still had the beard in those scenes. Yeah, because he should have been instantly recognizable, even in is. this little town in Vermont, because they all watch <laughs> CNN or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of huge news that this unbelievably famous serial killer is on the run. Like, yeah. there's pictures of Malcolm on TV, but not pictures of his dad. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Why are you putting up a picture of Malcolm? Yeah, I know. You I know, I mean, why aren't we seeing a picture of Martin? Because yeah. Martin is the one... And Martin didn't shave his beard. Now, mind you, by not shaving his beard, he fits in more in that society, which is what he's in part going yeah, for. Trying to do. Except he's time. too Except way too famous. Way too famous. And and Malcolm did say to him, You look ridiculous. <laughs> yes, with the blonde hair and the blonde beard and the, the flannel jacket sorry the flannel shirt and jacket like yeah he he did look kind of ridiculous and then boros the truck <laughs> yeah and boros the old pickup truck it's a very funny episode i want to make uh, that clear. it was there are, it was there are lots of really funny scenes in this episode yeah well you as you're going clear. along you know and martin keeps just saying but i've changed but i've changed but i've changed but i've changed yeah right and he finally gets what he wants yeah which is malcolm to ask him to oh, do what he wants to do anyway. How how sad was that? So they beat up the they beat up the woodsman. Uh and I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say you're bad writers, but literally twice in two episodes, a problem was solved because someone didn't do a good job of tying up Mark. Like twice in two episodes. <laughs> Because first, Catherine didn't notice that he had the knife and cut himself free. And this time, the guy bolted him into the most rickety chain in the world. So that's in two episodes, twice, he escaped from a serial killer because they were bad at tying people up. That's that's not good writing, show. But give them that. He escapes twice. They clonk the guy over the head. But he's still got a woman tied up in a hole somewhere. Yeah. And Malcolm asks Martin to torture him until he tells where it is. Like, Malcolm crosses this line that nobody should ever cross. Yeah. And, and then we get this amazing scene between the two of them where Martin is pretending that this isn't what he wanted all along. Yeah. You know, oh. and he's saying, but I didn't want to do this. He's putting all the blame on... Yeah. Malcolm. And again, it's what a brilliant, and this is the, the best, some of the best writing the show does, is when it lets you see how incredibly effective and a manipulator 
Martin is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is just amazing watching that. Right. Yeah. And Martin, you know, and there's Martin. No, no, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to be this person. And it isn't until you get to the, you know, you get to that end. They, they find the girl, they yeah. call the cops in. And then Martin, of course, this is the one bitsy mistake he made. Yeah. Right. In his thinking was that once Martin had asked him to do Malcolm this, had asked him to. Had, Malcolm had asked him to do this, that that meant Malcolm had shifted. Yeah. Completely. And it turns out, of course, Malcolm hasn't shifted and Malcolm tells the cops he's got Whitley with him. Yep. And then Martin runs. And, and he knows he's not going to get away. And then we get the most important scene that has happened in the entire show so far. Martin tricking his son into trying to kill him. Because well, I don't believe for a second Martin thought he was going to be able to kill his son and get away. He's out in the woods of Vermont. He has no idea where he's going. Right? He has no idea where he is. He has no idea where he could be going. The cops are everywhere. He has no resources. He's not getting away. Killing his son isn't going to help him get away, and he doesn't want to kill his son. The one thing he can do is convince his son he wants to kill him to force his son to stab him. Because by doing that, it'll lock his son... Like, if it kills him, I've locked him to uh, to me forever. If he grievously injures me with a knife, my weapon of choice, I've locked him to me forever. Forever. Yeah. Either way, as long as Malcolm, like, defends himself and stabs him, Martin wins, and that's what Martin wanted. I don't believe it was a genuine murder attempt or a genuine escape attempt. 100%, I believe this was all his last gamble, his last possible way to, like, turn his son into him. That was my takeaway from that scene. Now you can do yours. <laughs> well, I'm not as, um, as convinced. convinced that Martin wouldn't have killed Malcolm. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you make a good argument. Yeah. I'm not as convinced, right? I mean, you know, um, because Malcolm is, no, Martin is, first of all, out of shape. Yeah. And the rest of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe that's partly, that would go with what, what you're saying. You know, yeah. that, that he could even be sort of faking being out of shape, but he is out of shape. I mean, this is he not. Is. He never, he never bothered to get into shape while he was in prison or anything no, like that. Um, and I think that he may have still thought that if he, like, he does turn, oh, well, I don't know. You know, I'm, I, I mean, you I didn't read it tough, that way. Right? No, yeah. I didn't read it that way. But when I, when you say now that, that say I'm it. going, because of course, Martin, I mean, Malcolm just says to him, you're a psychopath. Yep. You do not belong in this world. Mm -hmm. And Martin has always known this and Mar Martin never believed him for a minute. Yeah. So that, that he had changed or anything else as Malcolm hard as. Malcolm never believed him for a minute. Yeah. Malcolm never, excuse me. Malcolm never believed. Hey, I do it all him the time too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, oh, these. Um, It'd be easier if they didn't have the, the same letter as their first name. Well, yeah, but I mean, but that's that's the narcissist. No, he's structure. narcissistic. Of course, he would have to name his son after him. He's, I mean, logically, he should be named Martin Whitley Jr. But you know, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, 
you know, but, um, anyway, um, so, so Martin, you know, has, so Malcolm has always, right. Yeah. Has always, you know, just understood, but it's causing massive stress for him now. Mm -hmm. And so he is lucid enough now to say, no, you, you don't belong in this world. You have to go back. And, but the thing is, and for me, the thing is that Martin had taken a knife with him. Oh yeah. Already. Yes. He did anticipating take the knife in, with him. and I don't think, I'm not so sure he wouldn't have killed Malcolm, but Malcolm. To get away? Maybe. Get away. I mean, maybe, but my point is, I don't think, and you're right, it could be at this point they're so haggard that he's not thinking rationally. Yeah. But my takeaway was, there's no way he can think he has an escape plan here. Again, no resource. He's got no money. He's got no well, friends. Yeah, he's but in the, the middle of is, nowhere. But the thing is... And the cops is, are right there. He can't get away. Yeah, well, that's... You say that, okay? Yeah. You say that. But... Yeah. Remember, he's always had, he's, he has to have some other plan. And maybe he's opting for getting to where that other plan is. It may be that he does have a car stashed away somewhere. You say that, you say that, but the problem is he didn't, he he literally doesn't know where he is because he was dragged out to this guy's cabin in the middle of nowhere. He didn't choose to be here. They're tw- they're fifty oh, yards true. away from the serial killer's cabin. His plan was not to wind up getting knocked out and dragged to a serial killer's cabin. Yeah, that wasn't part of his plan. No. So he's, he, oh, he, he's he, improvising yeah. at this point. And that's my and, but but then again, just remember that this is a man who thinks that he can do he and get, get away. Do and get away with anything. And um, he's still and this is the problem. Whatever he wants, he wants his son to be like him, but he still blames his son for turning him in all those years ago. And th- but that and he, is... that's why he that's the drive to destroy Malcolm. Yeah. And I agree with you. And I would say my take is right that that turning his son into him, getting his son to stab him is the ultimate revenge on his son. Like, get, like, cause he's got no other move, but if he can get his son to stab him, again, doing what he did to people, then that's gonna, that's gonna tie the two of them together forever. Yeah, well, Mark, well, Martin's living in La La Land. Well, of course he is. You know, but, then again, but look at but, how Danny looks at Malcolm when she sees he stabbed his father. Well, maybe, yes. you know, but it, cause it's whatever's happening on inside, like, we, we know, you and I know that the way the character is, you can say it probably wouldn't, it would screw him up, but not that much. But at the same time, what's the rest of the world going to think when the son of the surgeon has suddenly started gutting people with a knife? Well, yeah, but that's, you know, but any sensible person would go, this had to be self-defense. No, no, no. He's not going to get charged. No. How are people going to look at him? Yeah. And that's the key. And that, that is what I think. And again, this is something we may never find out because the show might be over. But yeah. I think in that moment, what Martin thinking was, I'm going to make it 
So everyone looks at you like they think you're me. Yeah. And gutting his father with a knife is a hell of a way. Well, he just stabbed him. Knife. He didn't gut you him. You know what I mean. Yeah, but you have to say it correctly right, because he right. didn't gut. He just shoved a knife into Martin into to incapacitate to incapacitate him. Oh, absolutely. But again, but Martin Malcolm, but Mar Martin was coming at him with that gun, the knife, with the knife. I mean, yeah, yeah. with he the was. full intent. Well, no, you know? I don't think he had. That's the difference. I don't think yeah. he had the full intent to kill him. And this is, again, something where we may never get the answer to. We may just have to disagree with each other on this inevitably. Oh, but you know, I not, think his I, intent yeah. was to ha to get stabbed by his son because of what that would do to his son. Well, yes. And then, but I want all those backflashes of how every time Martin tried to get him to cut somebody, he wouldn't do it. Yep. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> because but that's, I mean, that I mean is, I'm going right. back to the first season now. Where I said that that was why he couldn't he couldn't perform that, that surgery. Yep. Yeah, because he needed and his and that again goes back to what I said, which is <coughs> excuse me. That goes back to what I've I've said this whole time, which is this is him finally getting what he wanted this whole time, getting his son to cut somebody. And I mean, the fact that it was him, it's not great for him, but fundamentally, he got his son to stick a knife into somebody. And yeah. that's what he's wanted for how long? Yeah. And so that is why I think yeah. he never intended yeah. to kill Malcolm. He was just, this was just his, possibly in his own head, final manipulation. Because again, yeah. he, he knows he can't get away. Anyway, and again, this yeah, is something no, no. we I'm may not, never I, get an answer to. No, and, and it does make, it does make sense because that is the kind of manipulative bastard Martin is. Yeah, exactly. In the same way that he had always manipulated Malcolm and Ainsley before. This yeah. is just the most brutal and extreme manipulation he's ever done. In a lifetime of horrible, extreme, and brutal manipulations, this is just the worst one, would yeah. be my takeaway. And what they need is Malcolm in, you know, Malcolm has to go into a psychiatric institution now for a while. I, it would be great if there's a third season. It would be great if it starts with him, you know, in his own asylum. <laughs> that would be a very smart way to no, start the. No, I mean season. Martin need. I mean Malcolm needs to. Yeah, process he, what he did. He needs to process all of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, so does Ainsley, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. Well, again, the show didn't have time for her journey this year because it was missing seven or eight episodes. Yeah. Like, had we, I, I am confident that had we gotten those extra seven or eight episodes, we would have gotten Ainsley's journey this year. Yeah. But, and that may have been what happened. They only got 13 episodes and the guys that created the show had set it up for 20. Yeah. Right. And so they had to prioritize. And they had to prioritize and squish. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, when you've got to do this whole escape storyline and you only have 13 episodes for the whole season, you know, you've got to introduce this important character, the, the unbelievably important Doctor character. You have to do all of his machinations of trying to escape so it won't seem too easy. Like, there's a ton of work you have to do, and I'm I'm sure there is just no room for what was going to be the Ainsley storyline this year. Mm -hmm. And so we only got little glimpses of what would have been the Ainsley storyline. 
and they were good glimpses, you know, no notes. Her horribly manipulating her brother. Yeah. Uh, was pretty intense. Uh, although we never got any confirmation that that was, uh, Martin's idea, which. I well, really yeah, we but, have. and remember though, we get a fact, you know, he faxed uh, Ainsley something. Exactly. How great was that? Except we don't know what he faxed her. Oh, no, no. I mean, presumably he just faxed her where he was and where the, the killer was. Cause, you know, she and Danny go straight to the police department knowing that one of the cops is the killer. I think she he just faxed her everything, where they were, what they were doing, and everything they knew about the case. But you were right. We don't get any details beyond that. Yeah. So, something to think about. But anyway, <laughs> it's a good season ender. Yeah, it was a good season ender. And I'm hoping somebody will pick this thing up. Oh, HBO God. Max isn't. Oh, that's um, disappointing. Um, so, I don't know... And the frustrating part is it isn't on Netflix. Like, the old seasons aren't on Netflix, so it hasn't had a chance to, like, gain Netflix viewership. Because that is, like, oftentimes a show will be popular on Netflix, either here or around the world, right? And then that'll encourage Netflix to pick it up for a final season when everybody else cancels it. Okay, but it is That's what happened to Designated Survivor. What, uh, which service is it on? I I know that somewhere along the line it's on a server. Yeah. Um, Serve it. Uh, but maybe service. it was no, it maybe it was on HBO. They had they had the first two seasons on HBO. On HBO Max? Okay. Yeah. And they're not I guess they thought it wasn't popular enough to justify uh producing a third and final season to wrap everything up, which is very disappointing for me. <laughs> Yeah, um, okay, I mean, I'm reading. HBO Max chose not, not to. to because Fox canceled it for low ratings, and I saw those low ratings Yeah, for first runs. Um, and it's not getting not, enough uh, extra extra PVR numbers to make up for the low first run ratings, I'm sure. Yeah, um, first premiere uh, to mixed reviews. Like, it's, yeah, mixed to positive reviews. Um it's a good show, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not a giant crowd pleaser either. So, so it was supposed to have 22 episodes in the first season. Um, and then they got interrupted by COVID. I remember. Oh yeah. Well, and they canceled NCIS New Orleans and they canceled Fox canceled oh a God. bunch. Yeah. Um, NCIS New Orleans seems like it's beyond forever. Wow. Yeah. Seven crazy. years, seven years. Well, that's when everyone's contract wears out anyway, so I guess. Yeah, and they canceled uh, MacGyver after five years. And uh, Poor MacGyver. a bunch of things that Fox canceled, but that's, but with Prodigal Son, it, it's just like, you know, our other favorite shows that Fox always cancels. Yeah, um, that is a habit of theirs, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Um, They're the ones who took away Firefly. They're the ones who took away The Inside. You know, they're the ones Let's, who took away Brimstone. Oh, God, yeah. The old story is that Fox has the best development ex uh, execs in the world and the worst marketing executives. Yeah, well, you never know. Maybe maybe they can get money from all sorts of places and get it on Netflix because Netflix picked up Lucifer. Oh, yeah. They picked up Lucifer. Like I said, they picked up Designated Survivor. They've yeah. done this before. So, like, yeah. it's just a question, see, with Netflix... 
I think with Netflix as a general rule, it has to be something that's going to be popular all over the world. Because if they're going to per- put their own money into it, they need it to be something that is going to be of value to them everywhere. And I just don't know how this thing plays internationally or if it does play internationally. You know, and that okay. is... Oh, that is this, this particular... I don't know where I got this from. Given the Heights uh, fellow Fox cancel Lee, Lucifer has reached after moving to Netflix with its past two seasons. A streaming home for the series seems like the perfect place to continue. Absolutely. Prodigal Son. Now, um, so who knows? Um, of course, it's it's ratings, but the story is so good. I know. Well, with any luck, like it's it's not an impossibility that it will come back, but it's it ain't looking great. Well, as the other thing is here, so th- these people are pushing for Netflix too, as fans are clearly hungry for murder mystery material, and Netflix is Mindhunter remaining on an indefinite hiatus. Yeah, with well, I mean, with recently, David Fincher fair, busy. He recently did say he'd be interested in coming back if he can make the time. And apparently all of the actors have said they'd be interested in coming back if David Fincher comes back. So that yeah. is good. I mean, he he's he's keeping hope alive. Oh, well, right now? Yeah. For the time being, fans can still go back and revisit both seasons on fellow potential future home Hulu. Oh, it's on Hulu. Oh. Yeah. In the states, of course, that doesn't. Wait, was was Prodigal Son produced by NBC, but they didn't air it in Fox bought it? Is that what happened? Because Hulu is NBC's service, right? Um, now I'm blank on who owns Hulu. It's also confusing because they don't, unlike you know, like CBS All Access and whatnot, they don't all go by their own name when they're doing the service. They have like well, HBO Max is Warner Media. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's like everybody knows what HBO is. Nobody knows what a Hulu is, isn't it? Yeah, except that I couldn't get it, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's not my... in Canada. That's the that's issue. That's right, yeah. yeah Hulu's uh, not in Canada. It's very it specific. has to be picked up by Crave or one of yeah. our streaming sites. Not Crave or show up on Amazon Prime or something. Yeah, so we you know. We have extra services. It's just a question of, you know, well, are you going to get the shows we want? Where and are I mean, you going to get the money, right? Yeah, well, then you got people like me who are still anxiously awaiting a new season of Hannibal that may never come. Yeah. Well, this is production companies, so distributors. Did you Fox... know they made a Coolerice Starling TV show? Oh, God, help me. That no one on Earth has talked about? Well, it's useless. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess that's why nobody's talking about it. It's, yeah, I, I just, mean. I found out a couple of weeks ago, or maybe maybe I just found out for the second time. Maybe somebody already told me. But it's like, I saw this thing online for it's like a season, an episode of Clarice. I'm like, wait, is that, did they make a song for the oh, Lambs TV it's... show? I mean, I've only seen, I haven't even watched an episode because the, the, the whole, the whole, um, promotion stuff is so, it's so bad. Is so bad. Okay. And, you know, and it's, it's ultimately so, it's filmed darkly, like, I don't know what it's going, it's going for a, I don't know, it's going, it's, it's, I, I haven't been able to even bother watching watch it, it, and I okay. doubt I ever will. Yeah, it's just like, when Hannibal's out there, why would you ever try to do anything else in that world? 
It's like, hey, here in the world of uh, the the Thomas Harris books, we've made literally one of the best TV shows to have ever been made. Let's open ourselves up to comparisons to that. Yeah. What are you people idiots? Anyway. <laughs> well, yes, they are. They are idiots. You're right. You know, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, um, so... I'm okay, here. so there there are places oh, it could know. go. So there are, that. yeah. It's not yeah. it's not doomed yet. Uh, well, we can hope, right? Let me yeah. go to their Wikipedia page and um, pro Wikipedia Prodigal Son TV series see and see, updated. yeah. Um, I'll go down to the numbers. While right? you're doing that, I just want to tell everybody else something fun I found out, which is, uh, hey, uh, it turns out John Steinbeck apparently wrote a werewolf-themed murder mystery? So apparently, like, he was writing under a pseudonym, just trying to find work as a writer, and he wrote this thing called The uh, the, the Full Moon Murders, where there have been, like, a bunch of werewolf-style murders in... Uh, California and the people of the town try to figure out what's going on and like I would desperately like to read John Steinbeck's werewolf murder mystery but and this is the crazy part his agents are refusing to let it be published oh really because they're like well uh, if he had cared about the book he would have tried to get it published again later in life and I'm like who cares? It's an interesting historical artifact about his development as a writer. Who cares if he didn't think it's any good? It's interesting for, if anything, if nothing else, academics to take a look at. But they, they literally, and this is how horrible, this is why capitalism destroys everything. They're like, oh, but it might harm people's thinking of him as an important Pulitzer Prize winning writer. So, and that might hurt the monetary value of his other works. So we have to continue hiding this book. But that's but that's the stupid thing. Once somebody knows knows that he read wrote a werewolf murder mystery, then maybe they're going to want to read his other stuff. I know, right? It's if the anything, first thing that would come him, up. Yeah, if anything, it's the it's more likely. And by the way, do you know what you're going to be able to sell the movie rights to John Steinbeck's werewolf murder mystery for? An insane yeah, I, amount of money. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they have this academic shtick things. Oh yeah, well no, but they too, have this right? idea, well, and it's a, the academic things part of it. But I think most of it is like it's a question of under capitalism, everything has to be branded, right? So you have to figure out well, what kind of an author is, uh, what kind of an author is Steinbeck? How do we market him? How do we sell his works? And anything that comes up that might conflict with that or worry like impact their branding efforts they would rather burn that book than have any and then have it risk the money they're making off of his books and by the way and that's not a term i used accidentally um steinbeck did actually burn three books that he like only showed to a couple of people and didn't think were worthwhile okay so there and he three, didn't burn this one and he so. didn't burn this one so that alone should tell you that he didn't think it was terrible he showed it to people, he tried to get it published, they failed to publish it, and then he moved on with his career, but obviously he thought enough of it to try to get it published, and he never burned it, and he didn't tell people this is a horrible thing that should never be read. So Steinbeck obviously do would not have agreed with what his agents are now saying. 
I just I think it's kind of, I, I just think it's kind of disgusting that they're behaving this way. Well, here. Okay. Please. I'm going to get back to Prodigal Son here oh, for course. a minute. I just thought the Steinbeck story was interesting. No, no, it's fasc it's fascinating actually. There's another thing with Simonon and Megra. Yeah. Um, that I wanted to talk to you about, so remind me. Okay. Um, don't need to do it for the show. Oh no, of course. Now, um, see here, I don't understand. It's not that bad. Well, it I mean it's worse than the first than the season? first one, right? The first season had Three to three, three and a half million generally. It averaged probably about three and a half million. Yeah, um, per week. Viewers per week. And then total were up in the sevens and sixes and fives and things. Yeah. After you okay, so this year. Watched it uh, plus four, seven or fourteen yeah. days. Yeah. You know, or people who bought it like us. Yeah. You know, and we only got 13 episodes for our $24. I know, right? But anyway. Um, so the viewers, though, in this case, are only around two million. Oh, so yeah, so yeah it lost one yeah. third of its viewership from year one to year two. Well, and the total viewers mm -hmm. are to at are averaging about four. Okay, well that's not great. No, and that's a fifty percent drop. So okay, I, I get why they would have canceled it, but I mean, I, I personally, given you know, I mean. Obviously, we love the show. My thought would be, since, like, COVID was so weird, and you only got to produce half the episodes you wanted to, and, like, it's hard to, like, come up with new shows and shoot new pilots during COVID, I would have said, just give it another shot, you know? G give it one more season. Give it a give it a try. But I, with that kind of drop, I do understand why they wouldn't have thought it was worth continuing. Well, I was kind of worried worried about that. I think, um, I don't know, but so the rating eighteen to forty nine is a point five. Okay. Point four, point five. So it's just... not ideal either. So it's no. not getting the uh, prime demographic they're so desperate for either. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not. That's not looking good for the show. Okay, well, but this, this, might but if they can, this might be it for them. Well, if they can get people to fund, you know, I oh, mean, yeah. take uh, take a take a crack at it. Netflix and oh yeah, I mean, if, why if wouldn't there? No, obviously, if there were enough people, and again, that's all about how it plays internationally. If there were enough places they can sell it internationally to justify the production, of course, Netflix would do it. They'd only care about the money. But it's a question of how does it play internationally? Because it's obviously not playing fantastically here. See, Fox doesn't get a cut because Fox Fox doesn't own the show, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think Fox doesn't own the show. So when it sells internationally, Fox doesn't get a piece of that. So their only question is, is it getting enough viewership internationally? Every, no, every week for us to keep doing it. Whereas the production <sighs> company, the people who own the show... If it's getting enough viewership internationally and if it's selling enough places, well, then they can go to Netflix and say, well, we've already got it sold in all these markets. You know, why not try bringing it back? And I mean, that doesn't always look. Look at intelligence. It was literally CBC's. I mean, not a ton of people watched it on CBC, but it was CBC's best show selling show around the world ever. And they still didn't bring it back for a third season. 
Now, I mean, we can talk about how there was actually probably a political component to why it wasn't brought back. Uh, <laughs> there were some conversations about how maybe the Canadian government didn't like how the Canadian government was being portrayed on the show Intelligence. But the point is, that's a perfect example of a show that actually did do big international numbers that more than justified doing a third season, but they didn't do it anyway. So there are so many financial things behind the scenes that could that are going to decide whether this show gets a third season. And sadly, we don't have access to any of that information. No. It's so frustrating. Well, I'll keep following up on yeah, it. No, I mean, as news comes up, Please tell me what happens yeah. as you find stuff out. And we'll obviously keep covering it here on the show if there's any updates. Because we love Prodigal Son. And we would love for there to be more Prodigal Son. So Yes, I want to know how. Yeah. How what does, happens next. Yeah, Thank how you. Does, what happens and with if Malcolm I could, and Martin next? And if I could buy season three, I would buy season three. Yeah, we'd pre-buy season three. We're fine with that. Sight unseen. Yeah. Exactly. You know? All right, so um, that sadly is going to be that for our talking about Prodigal Son yeah. for the foreseeable future. I, uh, oof, I'm really, really sad about this show going away. We've had such a good, we've had such a good experience with this show. I mean, yeah, they've had bad episodes. And yes, the second season was deeply uneven. Yes. It was deeply uneven and it wasn't as good as the first season, but it still had great character stuff, still had wonderful performance, was still worth watching. And it's yeah. frustrating to me that we're not going to get to see the show develop any further. But anyway. Yeah, uh, well, there is a hashtag save, save prodigal son. So everybody to tweet, Twitter. everybody tweet about how they want uh, save uh, prodigal son back because that is, it's one hell of a show. And yep. you know what? Fingers crossed for season three. All right. Uh, so that's that. Uh, I have been uh, I have been Dan. Thank you so much for hopefully, you know, watching all of Prodigal Son with us. If you haven't watched it for yourself, you just listen to us. Consider loading it up. It's completely worth it. Uh, we were going to see you back here on Thursday for more Criminal Minds as usual. And then, of course, uh, we'll figure out what we're on doing on Tuesdays after that. I think it's going to be uh, Criminal Minds Korea. Well, yeah, I guess that's, yes, yeah. because we did. Yeah, between always... the last episode of Criminal Minds and our What is Criminal Minds series, we'll cover, like, on a Thursday, we'll do the first episode of Criminal Minds Korea, and then on subsequent Tuesdays, we'll keep doing that. Yeah, uh, we'll you know, just. It's two or just... three episodes a week like we normally do. Yeah, well, it's just, it's really hard finding Criminal Minds. Korea, yeah. And Korea, and how many episodes there are. Yeah. It's really some, weird, because... It's actually very difficult to find out how many episodes they made of this show. There's yeah, not there's, a ton of info about it online. I think there were 10 or 11, and all of a sudden, there number 20. There seems to be evidence that there's an episode 20. 20. Yeah, so were there two seasons? Were there, yeah. Yeah, and when you go on the IMDb page, it also says that there are more. It seems to be that there are more. But anyway, we'll we'll sort all of that out as we go along. Exactly. We will keep yeah. you updated, whether it's on our regular episodes or our Sunday episodes. You will know what you're getting before the, uh, before we show it. Uh, believe you me. All right. Uh, and then, of course, after Criminal Minds, uh, while we're waiting for Criminal Minds to come back, who boy. Uh, oh, my God. 
uh, who boy are we going to have to uh, get into Wise Guy, which I can't wait to do. I've been rewatching a bunch of Wise Guy to prep for the show, and there is so much to talk about. It's so good. It is. It's so good. It's is it now on Amazon Prime? It is on Amazon Prime. You can just watch it on Amazon Prime. And I can't stress enough, like, we are not exaggerating when we say that Wise Guy is the show that invented modern television. And, and okay, but it does Amazon Prime have the um, Tim Curry episodes? It doesn't, but hopefully our good friend, Canalfan54587, uh, will upload those the same way they uploaded those episodes of... Uh, um, uh, of, uh, what do you call it? Um, oh god. How am I blank on the name of the show we loved more than almost of uh, the same way they uploaded those episodes of Unsung, you know? So what I'm yeah. saying is, there's a good chance we're, we're gonna, we're gonna look into it. There's a good chance we are going to be able to provide you links for all of the censored and buried episodes of Wise Guy. Cause there, there are like eight episodes you can't see anywhere, but people have tracked them down in the past. So there's a good chance they will show up on YouTube or somewhere else for you to watch. So fingers yeah, crossed. I mean, it's yeah, because you can't even if you buy the DVD, even they're if you buy there. the Blu-ray, they're not on there. And it's just, and we've always talked about how it's probably because of the music. It is one hundred percent a music rights issue. I mean, like, because uh, not only are those episodes which are just full of music, the ones that are censored, right, and not available anywhere, but every time there was real music like licensed music used in an episode it's been cut out of the episode like there's no making thunderbirds which was the theme of the whole first episode of the white supremacy story arc you, they played making thunderbirds over and over again uh and the like the episode where ray sharky actually sings a song yeah the song's in there because you'd have to cut the entire scene but right after he finishes singing knights in white satin plays on the soundtrack and that has been cut because they can't afford or didn't want to go to the trouble of getting the rights. So yes, the reason you can't watch the Tim Curry episodes, which by the way, are why I became a lifelong fan of Tim Curry, who I will, you know, watch in everything for the rest of his career. That's how yeah. good he is on this show. Right. Uh, those oh. episodes, they can't be seen anywhere. So hopefully, uh, you know, canal fan four, five, eight, seven manages to get them uploaded and YouTube doesn't take them down because we desperately want you to see these episodes. It's, it's amazing. It, yeah, it is just a stunning series of episodes. He's, he's but incredible. anyway, he is yeah. incredible in those. Oh, episodes. that end. The end. Well, okay, well, okay, you're not going to start talking about the last episode <laughs> of a lost season of television that no one has watched <laughs> in thirty years. I think they can wait until we actually have seen it for themselves. Okay. <laughs> Let, let's go. Let's All right, go. Let's go. Yeah. Go. So if you have any questions for us, if you have any comments, oh. now that we're done with Prodigal Son, are there any profiling related shows you think we should watch? Drop us a line at Profiling Criminal Minds to let us know. Uh, we will see you. Oh, yes. If you're listening to this on some sort of app or podcatcher, I would encourage you to check out uh, the show there and rate and review it because that is what helps other people find the show. We're going to see you back here on uh thursday for more criminal minds you had a final comment no uh there was a final comment oh yes and we're going to do um style section on wednesdays yes yeah, style section will be on wednesdays now there's not always going to be 
a Thursday episode, but we wanted to keep Thursday episode Thursdays open just for Criminal Minds. So Thursday, yeah. will, when there's Criminal Minds content, so if we manage to finally get some interviews, it'll be on a Thursday. Like yeah. when we get news about the new season, it's going to be on a Thursday. So style section will be the Wednesday show in the same way that whatever other profiling related show we're watching is always the Tuesday show. So yes. Yep. Uh, so yeah, we're actually only uh, like a month and a half away from style section starting. This should be pretty fun. Uh, <laughs> it's a <laughs> lot of pressure. Tell. It's a lot of pressure because I'm not exaggerating when I say it's literally the most important television show <laughs> of the past 40 years. And this is what we're going to try and convince you of. Yeah. And it's good night from me, <laughs> Dr. Redman. Have a good week. <laughs> Au revoir. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.